Hello and welcome to the Punch Like a Girl podcast. I'm Nathaniel. I'm Liz. I'm Sharon. Yes, extra voice you're hearing this time. We do have Sharon here as a special guest. We'll give her the chance to intro herself um, in just a minute. I do want to put one quick note in this, which is that even though this is not the first episode going out, this is the first episode we are ever recording. <laughs> and that's my safety net to account for the fact that if things seem off, the dynamic seems weird, seems like we're still finding our footing, it's because we are. So please be forgiving on that note. And actually, if it goes really great, I'll just cut this section out. So maybe you won't even know. But in any case, Sharon, welcome. Thank you. So before we get into today's um, selection, which is Roller Girl, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your interest in these types of books? Sure. So I am the outgoing youth services consultant for the Vermont Department of Libraries, um, which means I'm like the Vermont Children's Librarian. And um, I've been a librarian for about 10 years. And um, so I only read um, children's and young adult literature. I haven't read a grown-up book in about 15 years, <laughs> and I don't intend to start anytime soon. Um, and I have to say, I haven't always been a graphic novel fan, but this surge of, um, I don't know, this, this new trend in publishing of books like Roller Girl um, and authors that are really picking up the traditional children's book themes and putting them into graphic um, format are just fabulous and I've fallen in love with them and Roller Girl is one of my favorite books well terrific and so we'll we'll get to this Roller Girl if you did not know uh, is by Victoria Jameson she did both the story and the art um, the art was inked and then colored digitally and this book was released in 2015 so this is a fairly recent release um, anything to add on the basic preamble no, not really. It was a choice on the Dorothy oh, Canfield yes. Fisher, um, the list for um, 1516, right? 1617 on the current list for right. Dorothy Canfield Fisher Award. And it was one of the easiest choices. I'm on the committee and it was like hands down. So by the time this like, actually airs, it may even be a, a winner. Winner. It could be. I think it will be very popular. I think with it really Vermont will be students either way. So, uh, Sharon, could you come at this from a kind of a similar background as Liz does? Yes. And as a reminder for people, I come from a very different background, which is that I read superhero comics and I still do. So, you know, we've got the different perspectives on this, but since this is a little bit more your guys' world, I'll um, I'll do a really general synopsis and then I'll sort of let you guys take the initial reins. Um, I say let, as if I am permitting, I grant you permission. God, I'm lording Pass it over. the talking it. stick. Ah, no. Is there a talking stick? No. There should be. Oh. Note for future episodes. Okay, so Roller Girl deals with a young girl. She's 10, if I'm remembering. 12. 12? 12. Ah. Yep. 
See, this this is what happens because I don't do research and I don't take notes. So I, I will be corrected as I... As I read I it off the back of the book just now. <laughs> and plus, it's like 12 to 17-year-olds that are in the ro rosebuds. So she has ah, to be at least 12. Okay. In any it. case, um, it's a story of a 12-year-old girl named Astrid. And it is set during the summer. So it's not during the school year. And after being taken by her mother on one of the many cultural outings that her mother forces her out on takes her to a roller derby and she immediately falls in love with it and joins a roller derby summer camp which kind of promptly starts kicking her butt and it's about her struggles both in at the camp and doing that so there's a little bit of that classic sort of sports story to it but it is also dealing with her social life and her best friend who she had done everything with who is doing ballet camp and isn't doing the roller derby camp with her and new friends she's making and so there's a lot of that um young adult social dynamic as well and it's all kind of rolled up and it's told directly from astrid's perspective she she gets narration boxes and we're getting the insight into her mind and her thought process as it goes and that's that's basically what Roller Girl is. And obviously, Sharon, we heard you love this. I do. Liz? I really enjoyed it. Um, I really liked Astrid as a main character. She had a lot of grit. Um, she wasn't perfect, which I really liked. She definitely had some social issues going on, was kind of very mean to her best friend. Um, and you know, did some lying to her mother. So she was, she, she had some, um, she went down some deep holes on that, on that lying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She sure did. But, but that's part of being 12. I know. And she had a lot of perseverance, I think, yes. which was a big part of why I liked her. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. The whole novel was fun. There was just a lot of like, watching her fall down over and over again. There are a lot of great metaphors for like walking home, like she was pretending she was like Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> crawling through the desert and things like that. And just, yeah. And the, there are nice notes whenever she makes a, a particularly, a reference like Lawrence of Arabia that you wouldn't think a 12 year old of today would know. She immediately, get, it gets an asterisk of, I know this because of a cultural night with my mother that she made me do. <laughs> yes. So I like that they found a way to put in references that aren't age appropriate, but still fit the character. Yes, definitely. Well, and I think, you know, this trope, and we talked about this really I think briefly before this trope of you know friends growing apart is very common in middle grade fiction um the whole idea of having a best friend with whom you do everything and then you know you start to develop separate interests and do you stay friends or do you go your separate ways and what does that mean does your world world falling apart that i think um, is very well grounded in this book and it's something that kids really enjoy but the added aspect i think of this sport and the fact that it's a girl and not a boy at basketball camp i think is really wonderful um i just i love it and roller derby does not get written about and nearly enough we need more roller derby books it's funny i keep waiting for roller derby to become bigger than it has and it seems to just kind of it's like right on the cusp yeah. of being a bigger thing. I'm still, I've been waiting for about eight years for it to just turn the corner and get become a bigger thing. It hasn't quite happened yet. It's 
kind of like the cult Cult following yeah like the cult sport that's so cool and trendy and hip and edgy and tough it is true well the tough aspects because i think as as you know a guy and and a guy coming at this you know from from more classic comic book things i personally gravitated a bit more towards the sports story aspect of it than the social the social stuff was still good but i gravitated more towards that and it does not pull any punches with how rough of a sport this is and and i think that's really cool because it is it is a sport dominated by women i think there are men there there are are like sporadic but like it's it's by and large it's a it's female a female sport. sport, so that's kind of because, like, if you were do if you were to do something like, say, you know, soccer, or even well, it would be softball, which by its nature, this is the toned down version of the right. male version of the sport. There's none of that subtext. There's none of that. Oh, this could be a boy story because it's that's roller derby. True. It actually can't be a boy a boy's story. That's true. I never thought of that. That's a really good point. Girl power for the win. Always. Always. And I think Astrid is kind of aware of that, and that gets woven into this story. Like, one of my favorite parts is where she's like, I need to be stronger. I need to be tougher. She's like, I know what. I'll dye my hair. Like, (laughs) clearly, this will make me, like, this much better at roller derby because I will be tough. (laughs) Well, that, that was another sort of of the sports aspect that I like, that she gets better. But she never becomes great. Right. Mm-hmm. This is not the ridiculous story of the kid who starts bad and then by the end they're like, and they won the big match <laughs> themselves. All oh. stars. Yeah. No. It's it's a, true. it's very risky because she does get better, but it's still her first summer ever, ever doing this against people who have been doing it for up to five years. So yeah, relatively she still kind of sucks even by the end. Right. Yes. She, but she's okay with that. Which is awesome. I also think when you were talking about roller derby, so her best friend, whose name escapes me, Nicole, Nicole goes yeah. to dance camp. And so by comparing the two, you know, both are female dominated sports and both are pretty hardcore, but dance is often thought of as being kind of girly, frilly, frou frou. It's actually not. It's actually very hardcore and Especially very points. physical. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. But like from a like a like a um a dis from a distance the comparison is really interesting yeah you well know? you don't you don't see the pain of ballet you yes. see the pain of roller derby because you see the hits. right right it's true actually yeah and most ballerinas don't flaunt their bruises the way roller derby girls do <laughs> I, that was something i was hoping for when i was reading it because i was someone who did ballet for years and tried point and was had the like bleeding toes and the toenails falling off yeah yeah and i was like waiting because like you know astrid was like oh ballet camp that's so froofy like i can't believe nicole's doing this um and then i was like please please say something about how tough ballet is and then later on they're like comparing like feet and bruises and like you know, she's all bandaged up and everything. And it's like, yes, thank you for giving yes. ballet its due. Redemption. Yeah. It's true. So the, That's a good point. There were a couple of things. There's one thing that bugged me about it slightly, but I know this is completely a personal taste thing. And then another just comes from where I come from as, as a graphic novel reader. Um, 
and starting with the second one because I like to make no sense. Um, it the the chapter lengths would throw me off because since most of the graphic novels I read are are superhero related, those are compilations of released monthly issues. So any given chapter is the same length because it was it was a monthly issue. And so um, when I'm reading a graphic novel, I get after the first two chapters, I get set in my head how long a chapter or section of this is. Um, because like in, in any superhero graphic novel, they're all the same length. So in this one, some chapters are four pages, one of them's like 30, and it like, when I start getting to a mode of, oh, just one more chapter, and then I'm like, how long is this darn thing? That was, that was something just threw me off. Um, that was something I noticed too. I was like, oh, where are the chapters in this? And like with El Defo, which I was going back and looking at it, they're very short and like pretty concise about how length, True. how lengthy they are. But yeah, this one is a little more. Well, th this is chaptered much more like a standard novel would be, which is you end, you end a chapter at a natural point where, well, basically where a scene ends. Right. Um, whereas usually chapters in graphic novels are, are much more fixed on page count as opposed to the natural conclusion of just this note and so we'll end a chapter and we'll start another one. And that's just much more how you would write a novel um, and not necessarily a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. um, and, that's, and that's not a knock. I don't consider that a bad thing, but it's just one of those things that took me a little while to get used to. Um, the other thing, which I know is more my hang-ups um within terms of her social interaction and particularly in terms of some of the moments where she is an idiot and she is <laughs> she, is. she is. is we will not deny this <laughs> she absolutely is and honestly it's fine that she's an idiot but for me it it pushed it to a degree that tends to annoy me which is that i i get very frustrating reading what i know is faulty thought processes and in her case like she'll something will happen with, between her and Nicole and she will read it as a not only as a snub but oh Nicole is plotting this stuff behind my back and she's gonna ruin my summer and I'm reading that going no you're an idiot and it it, <laughs> it always frustrates me to read a lousy thought process is the same reason that I really don't think I'll ever reread the fifth Harry Potter book <laughs> Because it's where he jumps to all his stupidest conclusions. You know that these books are written for children, right? I know, but and, and, that, as an and that's what I'm saying. As as an adult male reader, who is not the target target audience for this at all, that annoys me. But fair I, enough. But you know, I have to acknowledge I am not the target audience for this, and I know that. But you know, at the same time, that's yeah, that's sort of the whole thing with this. I have my experience that I bring to things like this that I wouldn't have read otherwise. Liz, you have your experience that um, you bring to the the more superhero centric stuff that I that I put in front of you, which bring which gives you a different perspective, and you'll question stuff that like I just have accepted and swallowed the Kool Aid on a decade ago. <laughs> um, I definitely get your point, and I think for some readers, I think the whole it is drama drenched this novel yes um and it is drenched in middle school drama middle school girl drama essentially well, what what was it your your cousin said my cousin so um my cousins actually both 
essentially stole this book away from me um, while I was trying to read it. And um, one of them is a 12-year-old girl. The other is a 10-year-old boy. They both read it. And my 10-year-old boy cousin said that he really liked it. It was a good book. But then he goes, but drama. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really think sums it up. Um, but my 12-year-old girl cousin, who is, again, the age of Astrid and who has gone through some stuff in middle school drama, was like, I like the friendship, like, I really got it, and then she had questions about bullying, and we talked a little bit about it. So I think it could be a really good, um, discussion starter. Yeah. About friendship and about the way you treat people and, like, when you start to have varying interests, that doesn't mean you have to, like make a violent pull apart in your friendship. Um, I, I do have, I can see your issues, especially with how she treated Nicole, because she, Nicole is really nice. <laughs> and I was reading it, I'm like, Nicole's really nice and sweet, and Astra's being awful to her, and Rachel, that um, Nicole hangs out with at ballet camp, is just awful. Like, there is, there is no redeeming Rachel. She is, she is the epitome of the mean girl. Like, she is just nasty. And sorry for any Rachel fans out there, but like, <laughs> I do not like her. Um, I'm not sure we're going to get letters in. <laughs> <Rachel. laughs> just in case you do. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, she has, she was nasty to Astrid from first grade. Like, this girl has years of nastiness in her resume. So. I don't understand why Nicole starts hanging out with Rachel. I mean, she kind of explains it and is like, we have some of the same interests and like Nicole's starting to get into boys and stuff. And I kind of get it. But I do really feel sorry for Nicole that these are her options because they're not great, you know? Well, and, and Astrid has a very interesting wake up call at one point when Nicole points out to her, we always did what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And you know, I being friends isn't just always doing the same, always doing what you would like. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I also kind of like the note that it ends on in terms of that relationship, which is that they kind of reconcile, but at the same time, they also realize that they are drifting apart naturally. But like you said, it doesn't have to be this, um, you know, this this harsh draw line in the sand kind of split. It's it's just happening. If it happens, that's fine. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to put it under the drama magnifying glass, which is totally not a thing and will never be a thing. I don't know why. I, I don't know. I think it might be a thing. <laughs> I think it is I think a, it's a thing now. We're going to make that a We're going to make that a thing. Hashtag drama magnifying glass. Let's get yes. it trending. Wow. Um, one other thing I would like to say is just how great a role model Rainbow Bite is. I love her. Uh, yeah, she's amazing. I am fangirling all the way with Astrid over her. She's just so tough but kind and just like writes her writes back to her with the little notes. Very smart, figures out exactly who Astrid is. Um, she's just great. Okay, so Rainbow Bite, which brings up sort of a side note, and this is obviously less of substance but is just cool. Can we talk about the roller derby names? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really think we should. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just just to run through through some of these, Rainbow Bite, you heard about. Uh, there's Napoleon Blown Apart. Uh, we have <laughs> Brady Punch, Slam Witch, Scream Soda, Bald to the Bone, Ridiculous, Pandemonium. Uh, that's Panda with a hyphen, Monium. 
um, Mars Rover, which is missing some vowels, Thrilla Godzilla, uh, Draculola, Ruthless Bacon Little Hearts, Blondie Locks, Mini Me, Little Bone Breaker, and for the um, for our our little um, theater enthusiast, Slay Rob. I love her name. That is that is well, who Zoe the becomes. First thing I thought when I read all those names was, "Wow, this was really sanitized for young in a young audience," which I appreciate. Yes, because roller derby names can get super raunchy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, yes that's that's very true. Although that said, I I can only imagine the amount of googling that had to happen just to be sure these weren't already taken names. That's technically, true. actually, um, the dedication was to skaters around the world, and some of them let her borrow their derby names. Mm -hmm. So some of the, those might be real derby names out there. Um, yeah, it is. Hey, as long as she got permission, it. I, like I said, awesome. it saves a heck of a lot of Google time. And the author, I think, is a roller derby. Um, player herself so I think yeah she's from that world which I un like reading the book makes a lot of sense she seemed to really know it so yeah cool so yeah. what would your roller derby name be Liz Crescent Rolls and I looked it up I did not see it taken Crescent so. Rolls <laughs> I had a friend who really wanted to be Hermione Danger oh my gosh I love that <laughs> We decided it wasn't ferocious enough for her, but still, somebody needs to be Hermione Danger. I think danger. you should be. That is you. You're Hermione, Hermione danger. danger. All right, I'll do it. Um, un unfortunately, you know, I, I made the decision I wasn't going to come up with a female um, roller derby name for myself, just because, you know, that, that's a topic we'll probably broach at some point <laughs> in some comic relating to that, but... It's not for today. Oh. Um, so I came up with two options that I couldn't decide between because they're both equally awful. So Roy L. Payne. I like that one. That <laughs> I like the that. one. Uh, that's, that's the good. one I'm voting Roy for. L. Payne. Or, or the, the alternative, Cage Danimal. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds too much like um, the Dan and yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. It does, doesn't it? Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, and I don't... I don't to think of you as one of those yogurt tubes. Yes. <laughs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> Everybody do me a huge favor. Do not read into that. And do not send us letters. <laughs> it's just not very ferocious sounding. <laughs> Fair enough. Dan and, Dan and yogurt don't go with roller derby names. That really yeah. into it. Okay. Well, that, that said, if I pick up a sponsorship, I'm snapping that thing up. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Dannon, if you want to sponsor this podcast, I will totally start hosting it as Cage Danimal. Absolutely. Danimal. Cage Danimal. I like it. Then someone needs to make you a logo with the little tube of yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on roller skates. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm picturing like a yogurt tube roller skating around. <laughs> Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> I think it's awesome. Well, I, there's only so far you can push the intimidating, ferocious thing. Sometimes you go the other way and just confuse the heck out of it's them. It's true. It's like, wait, is that a yogurt tube skating towards me? I don't know how to react to that. But if it is a yogurt tube with dyed hair and tattoos and like piercings, then you it's still a tough yogurt. Right, tube. that's true. And I'm seeing fish fishnet tights maybe. Yeah. 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 That that'll toughen it like, up. 
I like Zoe's fishnet tights in the beginning. Like, totally. Definitely. The rainbow striped socks. Those are pretty rad. Awesome. As we know from our girl, I, Rainbow Bite. <laughs> I, I have a very strong feeling that there there is probably a growing consortium of fans who finish reading this and immediately go out and try and find rainbow socks. Rainbow socks. Which I support wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome socks are the way to go. Like the long, knee-length ones. Totally. There should be more of that. So Victoria Jameson has a new book out um, that is sitting in my office. It's something about... Let me think. Um, there's a lost hamster, I think. A school hamster. It's for a little younger audience. I was going to say, that sounds yeah, like a... Yeah, a little younger. Um, but the art is still... Fantastic. Yeah, we didn't um, we didn't really talk too much about the art. The art strikes a very nice balance because sometimes with the graphic novels written for younger ages, you get very simplified art. Um, that all, especially with the ones that are from a child's pers perspective, it's almost drawn deliberately as if it was drawn by a child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case here. It's it's still stylized. I would I would call it somewhat cartoonish. So it's not realistic, yeah. but it the art um is of a caliber that you you see the work that went into it. It's not one of those that it's like, "Oh, it's almost as if a 12-year-old drew it." Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, there's no doubt that she's quite an amazing artist. Um, it's called The Great Pet Escape. That's the one. Like. I think it was for sale at the Scholastic Book Fair recently, and I noticed it. But yeah, we might have to look at it. It's sitting on one. my desk. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very noticed, cool. Notice the author. Must read. All right. Well, I think that kind of brings us to kind of a natural conclusion on this one. So, Roller Girl. Good stuff. By all means, check it out. Two thumbs up. Yes. Or three, in this case, I suppose. <laughs> um, so, Sharon, thank you so much for coming in on this. You're welcome. Um, so, I, that's it for this one, folks. Um, tune in next time when we'll do something else. I don't know what it is, because I haven't figured out what the release order for these are yet. So um, It'll be something fabulous. Yes. But you, um, if you want to leave comments or you know, otherwise communicate with us, Punch Like a Girl podcast you can find on Facebook, punchlikeagirlpod.wordpress.com is the official blog of Punch Like a Girl podcast um, and you can leave comments directly on there or you could follow on Twitter as well um, which is I, I should know this I have forgotten the darn thing for Twitter and maybe I'll it's get it up in a second drama under a mic mag ah. it, is, it is Punch Like a Girl 1 so at Punch Like a Girl 1 is the Twitter handle if you want to tweet at us or send any questions or comments that way. Um, so until next time, guys, bye. Bye. bye.